This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, after a breathless start to the football season across the continent, the big leagues in Europe pause for the first international break of the new campaign and a chance for betters to take stock, but also. Perhaps to change tack, overs markets have dominated the main five leagues with Ulbar Serie A throwing up a bigger average of goals per game. Will that continue when the national teams take to the pitch? We will find out over the course of this round of international fixtures. Welcome along to Betting Weekly Extra Time, European Qualifiers Edition. You're with myself, Dan Robert, plus senior handicapper Steve Wiss and Spanish football journalist Rory Barlow is also alongside us. Uh, Steve, I am expecting a different beat, different pace to proceedings here. We've seen a lot of goals, certainly in England, certainly in Germany uh, as well. But the qualifiers are always a little bit different, aren't they? How do we assess that? Do we think that the international game will pick up where the club domestic game is left off or will we see something different? Do you know, I always say, Dan, this is perhaps the toughest international window to actually bet on because there's been a lot of changes, you know, transfers, things like that. Players with who knows what sort of mental state some of them are in. We're still we're still early in the season, so the, the big guys are not necessarily up to pace. So I actually think you can get a few shocks. This window here and the one around June, traditionally, I think are the two where you can get shocks if you don't know. You know, you've got to really look in sort of in depth in places beneath the surface. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this international break. It feels like August has been absolutely crazy. Transfer deadline day. I, I can't live with that anymore. It's just it's impossible to keep up with stuff. So I'm going to be using the two weeks just to assess squads. Uh, and I, I'm sure I'll be looking. I'm like, oh, when did you move there? When did he leave there? That sort of thing. But um, also looking forward to the international football. It's, you're right. It's a different pace of play. And I always think there's a bit of value as well to be found. So, uh, yeah, it should be good. Let's hope so. Uh, Rory, we're going to talk about Spain's uh, football team on the pitch um, shortly because you've got to pick in their match day five qualifier. But you are on the ground in Madrid. Just um, given what's gone on, uh, with the Spanish Football Federation since the uh, the women, of course, won the World Cup. Just just what is the current mood there? Are the, are the men's national side sort of up for this round of fixtures? Could they do without it? What's, what's the general sense in Spain when it comes to the men's national side? Yeah, I honestly don't think it affects the players too much. Luis de la Fuente has been under pressure. He was given a press conference on Friday after he announced the squad. He kind of gave some slightly interesting explanations as to why he was applauding uh, Luis Rubiales' speech and to, as to why it took him so long to condemn it thereafter. Um, listen, I, I think Luis de la Fuente is pretty... He's very much playing the card that I'm uncomfortable in front of the media. I'm uncomfortable with this kind of uh, PR kind of side to to football. Um, he's, he's saying he's just kind of a football coach, which is a pretty poor excuse in my view. 
But um, overall, how will it affect Spain? I don't think it will affect them too much. I think um, aside from a few kind of notable exceptions, the men's game has been relatively kind of unconcerned with it um, for better or worse. In terms of the outright markets, I know that most bettors don't really get involved when it comes to major tournaments until we know the qualified teams. We generally know which teams are going to go through these days because of the expansion of the Euros in recent editions. But the outright market looks like this. I just get your brief thoughts on on this uh, uh, from Stephen Rory. Um, England and France are plus 500 favourites. Joint favourites here, Steve, at the moment with Bet Rivers. Germany plus 600. Spain plus 800. Portugal plus 1100. Uh, the Dutch plus 1200. Belgium plus 1400. Italy are plus 1400. They're defending champions, of course. I mean, is there any value to be had? We've had this conversation before, but it's worth revisiting it. Do we just wait until we know exactly who's going to play in Germany next year before getting involved? Is there any way that you can see any value to be had at the minute? I, I mean, this is a boring answer, but I think the markets have nailed it at the, the top three. I think um, England and France have the best squads, in my opinion, and Germany are the host nation. And there's an old saying, whatever international tournament you're involved in, never underestimate the host nation at all. So you want, ideally, you want to get them on side. So the books aren't stupid. Um, you, I'm, you know, perhaps you could look down the list and make a case for someone um, to back now and hope that they shorten in. But I, I prefer to wait because, you know, what if a key injury happens? What if Kylian Mbappe suddenly breaks his leg? What if Jude Bellingham goes down? And they're out of the tournament. That's that's when prices would have to change, things like that. So I I I I rather keep my powder dry until you know a month or so before the tournament. Um, I don't see a side that's just suddenly going to steamroll and shorten from say twenty to one to ten to one. It can it could happen, but um, yeah, usually with these outright markets at this stage, the books are pretty sharp. More things maybe to go wrong than right in terms of mm. market um, uh, movements. Uh, Rory, any sort of take on, on the top teams at the minute? Do you think the market has it right? Is there any team that, that you're looking forward to watching over the course of the next year in the run-up to the Euros? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's plenty of quite exciting teams. I always quite enjoy watching the Netherlands because they always tend to be entertaining one way or another. Um, if you want the facetious answer and the one that will not play to the crowd, I'll say that England haven't won a tournament since 1966. <laughs> so uh, I wouldn't bet against bet on them personally. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think France have to be clear favourites. I mean, they have by far the best squad for me and the best player um, in Europe. We've, we've kind of uh, looked towards Erling Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne for me. So, so yeah, I think France for me are favourites. I think you'll probably usually get someone in the semi-finals. I think that's usually where you can get value. Somebody like a Denmark or Croatia, that kind of team in the semis. Um, so those are the ones worth looking at for me. But like Steve said, I mean, we're so far out, so much changes in football in the, within a month or two, let alone kind of 10, 11. Be interested to see if the market does change over the course of the season running up to the Euros next summer. Let's get into some selections then for match day five. We're going to kick off with a pick from Rory here. We're going to go to uh, Group H. Uh, this is Slovenia versus Northern Ireland. This is a Thursday game, 2.45 Eastern with Slovenia favourites at minus 118. Northern Ireland plus 3.50. The draw plus 2.45. It looks to be a four-way go for the two qualification spots at the top. Uh, of the group, Rui. Northern Ireland, though, off the pace here. Uh, what's the selection? What's the angle in? Yeah, I've gone Slovenia to win and under three and a half goals. That comes back at plus 128. 
Um, I think for me, Northern Ireland are at the lowest ebb that they have been in quite some time. I mean, Michael O'Neill has come back and he's a very experienced and successful manager with this Northern Irish side, but um, they've lost the last kind of three games 1-0. I mean, they've got that kind of 2-0 win over San Marino kind of tucked in there, but you can't really judge a team off that. Slovenia are not full of stars, but they are a side that's decent enough at home. And then one of the things that really stands out for me is they've got kind of two difference makers at one end of the pitch. So you've got at both ends of the pitch, you've got Benjamin Sesko up top. He's just scored a brace for Leipzig. Um, he's very talented, very large centre forward, um, very young. But in these kind of games where there's less quality, I think he can still make the difference. And then at the other end, you've got Jano Black, who's one of the best goalkeepers in the world for me. So those two are difference makers in this game. Those two are a level above whatever else. I mean, Norland will play three at the back. They've probably got Johnny Evans and uh, Paddy McNair at the back there. Craig Cathcart likely to start as well. So you're going to see a team that's going to defend deep. It's going to try and be kind of pretty miserly at the back. That's why I think it's going to be low scoring. Slovenia don't have necessarily the tools to take apart this Northern Ireland side unless it's perhaps on the break once the game opens up a bit. But yeah, I think a, a narrow enough win for Slovenia is where I'm going here. Um, so yeah, under three and a half goals, Slovenia to win at home, plus one, two, eight. And as you mentioned, that group, is very wide open. Kazakhstan, Finland, um, and Denmark are the other sides, and that Denmark will be expected to qualify from that. But the other three are pretty open. Slovenia will know that if they want to get through, they need to beat Northern Ireland at home in order to stand a chance of keeping pace with Finland and Kazakhstan. So, so yeah, I think a home win here um, in Ljubljana is probably where I'm going. Yeah, a win for Slovenia, minimum a fuss, uh, under three and a half goals and a home success at plus 128. Good price on that one. Let's move to Turkey against Armenia here, uh, 2.45 uh, on Friday Eastern. Uh, Steve's got a selection for us. Uh, Turkey minus 400, very short. Armenia plus 10.50 here with a draw, plus 4.75. These are current odds as I speak, but they could change, of course, in the run-up uh, to the game getting underway. It is tight at the top, uh, Steve, with Turkey. And Croatia, Croatia have got games in hand. I know that you've been quite sweet on Turkey um, when we've talked about them over the past year or so, suggesting there might be some good players uh, coming through. But it's not the money line that we're concentrating on here. Uh, but goals, what do we like? Yeah, you're right. I do really like watching this Turkish team play. Just before I talk about this, book, I do want to back up uh, Rory on that Slovenia um, match against uh, Northern Ireland. I think that's a great looking pick. And it's not often that I would advise an exact correct score, but 1-0 Slovenia at plus 475. I think that looks a big price. Um, but moving into Turkey-Armenia, I'm amazed that we can get a goal line here of 2.75, Dan. I expected the goal line to genuinely be 3.25. Just, I mean, first of all, just look at the actual stats. The last 10 games that both teams have played in all competitions, full of goals. Uh, Turkey are known for being involved in high-scoring games under their current manager, Stefan Kuntz, who um, has lined them up in several different formations and systems since he's taken over. You don't quite know which version is going to come out, but I think that's a good thing for Turkey. Makes them a bit more unpredictable. But, um, I mean, this is going to be a spicy game. We've got to mention that there is a political element here. Uh, both countries... Are not the greatest of friends, let's just say that. Um, I'd be very surprised if any away fans are allowed. Um, so yeah, the, 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 both sides are going to be bang up for it. Could be a few cards here as well. The previous fixture, I watched it 2 1 to Turkey. There should have been more goals in that. And 
I think Turkey are going to be really motivated because this group, there's not much wriggle room for slipping up, you know. Um, Croatia, Wales are in the mix. Armenia have actually had a good start. They've they lost to Turkey, but then won the next two. Um, you know, a 4-2 win against Wales away. Fair play to them for that one. I think they're quite attack-minded as well from what I've seen of them. They know that they can't really defend. I think I mentioned this on a previous show when we did this. So they know their, their strengths. They play to their strengths. And they'll, they'll come here and have a go. Absolutely will have a go. I just don't see it being a cautious type of affair. I think both teams will score. But Turkey have the quality to cover this goal line on their own if needed. 2.75 line. So if that's a half winner if there's three goals. So, I, without hesitation, I struck here. Um, this is definitely my best bet of the round, 100%. I'm really surprised if there's not three goals in this game, Down, There's easily enough offensive firepower at both ends, and neither defence convinces me. Uh, do you see potentially Turkey winning this group? Because they're plus money here at, at plus uh, 110. Uh, Croatia, the favourites, minus 121. They've got games in hand, the Croats, and we know that uh, they are generally good in, in competition when they do get through, although it's their, their World Cup rather than the European Championship record that's the, uh, that's been good recently. I mean, could you see Turkey winning the group at plus 110? It's not out of the question. I'm absolutely convinced that it'll be Turkey and Croatia who go through. Wales are simply not good enough at all. And um, Armenia are not at the same level as these two either. It's a question of either or, isn't it? Do you, do you gain any extra for winning a group? You don't, do you? The, the top two automatically have qualified. So the one thing I will say is that Turkey have already faced Croatia at home and lost. So they've got the return trip to come in and that might be pivotal. So I would actually lean towards Croatia. But the Croats have dropped points against Wales at home already. So it's not out of the question, is it? I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh, putting money on uh, the Croats at minus odds. Let's just say that. Uh, Spain are minus money, significant minus money to win Group A. I'll get Rory's thoughts on on the group in a sec, but um, a couple of picks in this group here because uh, we've got Georgia, Spain and Cyprus, Scotland for Rory to take a look at. Uh, Georgia are big price to beat Spain. They are plus 8.25. Spain minus 3.35. Draw plus 4.50. This is, uh, again, um, a 12 kickoff uh, Eastern, um, almost forgotten as I was doing some research last night Rory that Spain are the reigning Nations League champions here and and I thought they were a little bit unlucky in the World Cup in uh, Qatar and they have got games in hand as well uh, on on Scotland Georgia a second uh, in the section what's the angle in here Rory what's the bet yeah I'm going unders again for this one in Spain and under three and a half goals that gets you plus 100 back um, this is a Spain side that, like you say, I think they're a little bit unlucky. They are Nations League champions. I will say during that Nations League, they played a slightly kind of loose Italy side, not the Italy that we're kind of used to. Um, and against Croatia, they, they battled hard, but it was nil-nil. It was penalties that I don't think we could say that they were necessarily a better side than Croatia in that game either. Um, they're going to come up against the Georgia side, which will be improved I think from the last time that these two met and I'm going to give you a stat which kind of forms a lot of the basis for this pick is that Spain haven't scored four in a competitive match um, outside of the Costa Rica one um, since beating Georgia 4-0 um, in 2021 that was September 2021 so we're now two years on from that and Georgia have not conceded four in a competitive game since that match as well so these are two sides that like to play tighter games I mean Spain I think against those kind of bigger sides, against the likes of Italy, 
um, they can be a bit more kind of open and they can really kind of yeah loosen up a little bit and show their kind of talent. Whereas against a side like Georgia, which would sit deep deep and defend, those are the sides that Spain really struggle with. And you saw that against Scotland um, earlier in the group. I think Georgia are improved sides since that uh, 2021 game. You've got obviously the Farad Scalia, who, who's very good. Mamar Dashvili is a young goalkeeper who plays for Valencia. He's very good in sticks as well. So I think it's going to be back to the wall for Georgia. It's going to be relatively tight. Spain, this is a side that's got a lot of talent. It's got a lot of young talent as well. But if you look at that kind of front line and the forward line, if you look at the midfield in terms of creativity, I mean, they've got Gavi, Marino in there, um, kind of, yeah, Fabian Ruiz. It's not the same kind of creative side that they used to have with the likes of David Silva and the likes of Iniesta Xavi, obviously. And up front, they don't have the firepower. And Murata is constantly in and out the side. He's constantly the number nine, but not the number nine. And then you've got Hosselu, who kind of scores goals, but is there really kind of faith in a 33-year-old to take your side forward? So, so, yeah, I don't expect this to be a big result. I think Spain will have enough to get over the line against Georgia. I mean, it's not brilliant Georgia side. But, uh, but yeah, Spain to win kind of by a couple goals, maybe under three and a half, plus 100. Even money. If uh, you like that pick from uh, Rory, watch out for the crowd in Georgia as well. Always get huge crowds. Doesn't matter whether it's uh, the senior side or, or the 21s. And uh, they co-hosted the 21s Euros over the course of the summer. Has some big crowds in there. Should be interesting. And sticking in the, in the group, uh, Rory, got Cyprus, Scotland here. Um, Cyprus, big price, uh, plus 1,000. They seem to have gone backwards in, in recent times. Scotland very much going in the right direction, minus 360. Very short for a Scotland side um, in a European qualifier. But they are four wins from four. And, and you will know, I guess, the mood is, is positive in the Scotland camp, as positive as it's been for a long time, I would imagine. Yeah, listen, I mean, I've gone for two picks in this group. I've seen, obviously, quite a lot of it being um, a Scotland fan. But it's been so long since... A, I would either back Scotland to kind of win matches that aren't necessarily against kind of the minnows, and B, since I've seen a Scotland side quite like this one. I mean, it's a side that under Steve Clark became very hard to beat when it first got to the Euros, the previous Euros, and it kind of just it, it based their success off of that. It was a little bit of a lull after the Euros, I think, when they kind of they were trying to find the right direction to go in. I mean, they, they did reasonably well at the Euros, but didn't get through. And now they've kind of really taking kind of a second wind under Clark. And I think that they've got belief about themselves. I think they know exactly how to do damage to the opposition. Um, Cyprus are the side that will probably sit deeper against Scotland and look to hit them on the break again. So I, I don't think this is going to be a very open game. But Scotland take their chances now. You look at the results against Norway away from home, 1-0 down. And they come back and win 2-1. Uh, sorry, And they, they convert both of their kind of big chances towards the end of the game. That Haaland goal was a penalty, a very soft penalty, if I do say so myself, perhaps with partisan eyes to look at it. But uh, but yeah, that's the only goal they've conceded so far. Um, and they've been very solid defensively. Scotland always play kind of free, free at the back generally. Sometimes they go to a four, but C. Clark solid at the back. They know that if they beat Cyprus and they beat Georgia away from home, then they're through pretty much. And if they can take points off Spain again, then they're going to top the group. So, so yeah, I think Steve Clark will be very, very focused on this match. There'll be no kind of let up or no kind of uh, laziness going into a Cyprus match that on paper, perhaps, they look pretty strong for. So the pick is Scotland to win, both teams to score, no, and that gets you minus one, two, four. 
Would you back Scotland to win the group plus two fifty? I know Spain's have got games games in hand because they they're involved in Nations League rather than European qualifiers in the summer, and they're very short. Spain at, at minus three sixty. Could you see Scotland winning the group? I mean, it doesn't really matter, as Steve was pointing out, but just from a value play. I, I struggle to to ever back Scotland quite that much just because of my <laughs> inbuilt pessimism. But listen, for a kind of shorter bet, if you're not kind of swinging too much money on it, I don't think it's a bad one either because if Scotland, if Scotland can get that point away in Spain um, and win the two games they should do, they'll only need a point against Norway as well to guarantee it, and that's providing that Spain win the rest of their games. So, so yeah, I don't think it's a bad one to have kind of a shorter punt on. Um, it's certainly not without reach and... Spain against Scotland last time were absolutely um, not necessarily destroyed, but they were shown up quite a bit. So, so yeah, I think they definitely got a good chance and I wouldn't be betting my house on it, but I might bet a little bit on it. Plus 250. What, what price was that, Dan? Uh, plus, plus 250. 250. Yeah. On Scotland? Yeah. I, I would, this is, I might, I might be losing my mind here, but I'd actually be tempted to nibble that. Yeah, um, it I can't just seems. I'm big, saying that. I mean, it's it's based on the fact that Spain have got games in hand and obviously play Scotland. Yeah, at home. the big disappointment for me, and I'm sure I'm talking for a lot of neutrals as well, is Norway. Everyone wants to see Norway at a major tournament, and they they still could get there if they finish third because there's playoff routes and things like that. But Scotland, I've I've got to hold my hands up. I've got them wrong in this group. They've done a lot better than I thought they would. Norway, uh, Spain have still got to go to Oslo. They've still got to go. That's a tough place to go. And Norway are going to be fighting for their lives in that match. So Scotland, as long as they do what you call the easy business and beat the teams they should, then um, you know Spain are going to have to work hard to win this group. So I absolutely would not be backing that. Minus 360. Yeah, that was the, the, group the last price position. I looked. Yeah. And that's how in Oslo, the, the one in Spain, it should be said as well, Spain kind of went ahead and then got two kind of late goals on the break against Norway. Norway were not outclassed in any sense in that game either I yeah. think it's interesting uh, I think there's a there's a lot priced upon reputation the fact that you don't necessarily need to win the group as well just opens it up quite a bit but um, yeah those are the prices at the moment Bet Rivers have got the latest on all the groups incidentally got a couple of picks from uh, Steve next uh, we're going to go uh, Ukraine England next this is Saturday those um, uh, group A games incidentally uh, Friday both kicking off 12pm uh, Eastern uh, we go to England's group, Group C. This game is in uh, Wrocław in Poland. I hope I've got that one right, pronunciation police. Uh, Ukraine plus 560, uh, England minus 210, draw plus 345. Uh, Saturday, uh, midday Eastern here. Uh, Steve, I- England just win these games, don't they? And they win them well. I'm glad you've done the pronunciation there, Dan, because I was going to butcher it. I was going to say, I don't know. I have not a clue. Have a look at that Polish. one. I've, I've, I've commentated on, 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 on Slonch Rotswab on a couple of occasions. Right. I wouldn't have got, I would have said Rocklaw, but it's um, the only reason I know. But yeah, have a look at that one. Get fullvo.com out and you can play it to your heart's content. I've probably still got it wrong. Anyway, we're in Poland, yes. not Ukraine, obviously. Um, because of the war in Ukraine. But in terms of England, look, they, they get the job done in these games, Steve. Talk yeah. us through your pick. It's got to be England minus one Asian handicap. And, um, yeah, obviously the first thing to say is at a neutral venue, which Ukraine are used to this now, but it still helps teams opposing. You know, they don't have to travel quite as far. It's at a comfortable location, nice-looking stadium. The England fans are going to have a 
a nice visit, aren't they? They're going to enjoy themselves here in this part of Poland, you've got to think. Um, and I think, I mean, it, you actually did a stat on the itinerary, which I didn't even I didn't realise it was as good as this. 21 wins in the last 22 Euro qualifying games. Oh, well, well I, I, look, I did. I put this together at 10 o'clock last night. I hope it's right. I think, I think I mean, it is. But it just the qualifiers, not, 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 not the group stages, but they just seem to win all their qualifying games, yeah. don't they? I mean, they're a qualifying machine. As, as as Rory says, England have not won a tournament since 1966. <laughs> but under this manager, they are unbelievable in qualifiers. They they dominate them. I mean, this I, this I thought this was a banana skin of a group for England, I've got to be honest. When it first got drawn and I looked at the fixtures, Italy away first up, I thought England would perhaps struggle for once in the in the in this sort of uh, qualifying, but they've 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 took the rest of the matches by the scruff of the neck dominated fixtures the reverse match was 2-0 to England but it could have been 5 or 6 it really could that one they um, had so many chances simple fact is England are, are a much better team than Ukraine there's a big golfing quality I said at the start of the show in terms of squad qualities in um, in Europe England and France for me are the best two squads overall and you know, there's no real reason why they can't come to Ukraine here, get the job done pretty convincingly, get themselves qualified ASAP, and and then you can sort of relax, can't you? England on a minus one Asian handicap looks a pretty safe bet to me. They should, at very worst, win the game, which you're going to get a push. Chances are they'll keep a clean sheet. So that increases your chances of fully winning on this handicap. 2-0 comes into play, 3-0 comes into play. But um, it's just one of those bets. You, you sometimes look at them in, in anywhere in the world and it's just a no-brainer. Don't even think about it. England in qualification, if the handicap's a good one, take them. You know, if we're looking at minus two, minus three Asian handicaps, then it's different. You know, it's not always a guarantee. But uh, I'm not going to turn this one down. I think it's been sort of gifted on a plate a bit here. It's a bit of a free hit. They might only win by one goal. I'm fine with that. It'll be a push. England minus one Asian handicap. I think it was minus 124 the last time I looked. And that will do me very nicely indeed. I just don't see Ukraine as they'll be fired up. Of course, they are. They're playing for their nation. But England are just too good. Yeah, I think this is better than we can actually for me. I've just had a look at the stat again. I'm pretty sure it's 21 from 22. European qualifiers only, not World Cup qualifiers. They've only lost one England since 2007. And that was against the uh, the Czech Republic or Czechia, as we should call them now, in 2019. The previous one to that was the infamous Steve McLaren Wally with a brolly against Croatia, uh, Wembley, well. which my, myself and Steve will, will gloss over. But Rory's obviously got a smile on his face for that one. Um, that is Ukraine, England. Uh, tend to agree with Steve fully with that. Estonia, Sweden. Well, this is very much in in Steve's wheelhouse. Um, this is again Saturday. Uh, I think it's midday. Check on the uh, on the Betro's website for all the kickoff times. Sweden in a bit of trouble in Group F. Um, uh, Steve, uh, third to Austria and Belgium at the moment. They are short price to beat Estonia minus two eighty six plus seven thirty. Estonia draw uh, plus three eighty here. Uh, we were just talking off air be- before we recorded the show about um, Sweden's big teams failing at the weekend to scupper Scandinavian uh, betters. But with the national side, it looks like you're siding with them here. Yeah, I think um, the bet, first of all, is Sweden on a minus 1.25 Asian handicap, which basically means if they win by one goal, you're only going to lose half your stake. But when I saw this game, I thought the Asian line would be minus two on Sweden, even though they're away from home. 
I thought you'd be looking at minus 1.75, minus one, minus two. And to get this handicap really surprises me. And I think it just has to be based on the fact that they've lost two of their first three qualifying fixtures. Um, but look who they've lost to. Home against Belgium 3-0 and then away to Austria 2-0. I'm not going to hold that against them, Dan, too much. I mean, they'll be disappointed, Sweden, because they do tend to qualify for these tournaments quite a lot. Mixed in with that, they did beat Azerbaijan 5-0 at home. But if they can't go to Estonia and at very least win, that's a that's a borderline disgrace, in my opinion. Um, Estonia are not a good footballing team at all. They're... they're they're just they're just poor, full stop. If you look at their last qualifying campaign, they lost the majority of the fixtures. I think they managed to nick a draw off Wales, nil-nil, beat Belarus. But at home, they lost 5-2 against Belgium, 6-2 against the Czech Republic. They've already lost 3-0 at home to Belgium in this qualifying campaign. Put up a better fight against Austria in match day one, but weird things can happen there. Austria are actually the sort of side who doing well for once. They often put themselves under pressure in these qualifying campaigns. Sweden have to win this game. No doubt about it. No excuses whatsoever. It's a must win. Even if it's only by one goal, they've got to get the the result. And um, yeah, it wouldn't be the terrible outcome, a half loss. But I think they win with plenty to spare. If you, I've looked at the squad that they've got for this. The main problem I think they have is, I think goalkeeper's a problem for Sweden. They've not got an amazing one. And I think defensively, they're too inconsistent. There's players in and out of the side. Now, that's a problem if you're facing a good offence. But Estonia aren't going to offer much. So they can hide behind that. What they do have is some really good, what I'd call fast wingers and sort of attackers who are capable of flary sort of things. You could argue they lack um, a really good number nine. That's probably what they're lacking. But they can they can put Alexander Isaac in that position and he'll be fine for them. You know, they've got Kulachevsky, guys like Anthony Alanga in the squad, Forsberg. That's the strength of this team. And that makes me think, even if uh, Estonia sort of make themselves hard to break down, that they'll have enough creativity and a bit of extra something if they need it. I see this being 2-0, 3-0 away win to Sweden. They absolutely, there's, they'll be fully focused on this. They've got to get the result. They could play in Austria at home after this. If they can get themselves two wins from two in this uh, round of qualifiers, they're back in the hunt. So happy to take this handicap. It's too low. I think this should be closer to the minus two line. So, um, yeah, Sweden all the way for me. Uh, and a 1-0 and a win or a one-goal win for Sweden, mm. half your state back or half your state loss? Half lost. Yeah. Which we don't... I mean, no, no one wants to lose anything, but it's far better than the full state loss, isn't it? That's the way... I always say in betting, the key to betting is actually avoiding full losers. Always, always has been. Minus 125 on the Asian handicap at minus 122. The odds, Sweden at Estonia. Uh, best bets uh, from uh, you two next before we wrap things up. Rory, you've given us three selections. What would you say is your, your pick of your three over the course of match day five of the Euro 2024 qualifiers? For me, the, the pick has to be Spain, just because I think that's the, the closest to being a banker. Um, I think Spain will win, no doubt, but I, I don't think it's going to be a big, big result. Spain just generally don't really do that too often. Um, and although I have been talked a little bit into that Sweden one against the Sonia, that sounds, sounds very good from Steve, I have to say. 
Okay, Spain to beat Georgia under three and a half goals at even money. Rory's best bet. Uh, Steve, you alluded to it previously, but just remind us what's your best bet this weekend? Uh, this weekend, match day. Five. Yeah, it is that Turkey against Armenia over two point seven guy over two point seven five goals pick. But uh, yeah, the more I've talked about the other two picks, I'm kind of I'm quite <laughs> confident this round. So that's, I'm kind of cursing myself here. But um, look, I always think in 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 these qualifiers. There's some great value to be found because everyone has different knowledge of different countries. If you go with your instincts and, and use your logic, you can really find some good bets in, in these qualifiers. Should be a good match day five. Hopefully it'll be a profitable one for everyone. That wraps up Betting Weekly Extra Time European Qualifiers Edition. 23 games over the course of the first three days of the qualifiers. We're going to be back ahead of match day six with the best bets before club football returns. And don't forget to take advantage of all of the in-play markets as well when it comes to the action on the Bet River site. And the app, many thanks to Steve and to Rory from uh, myself, Dan Robbick as well. It's goodbye. We'll speak to you next time.